Hey guys, welcome back. This is Erotic Bedtime Stories with Honey. Welcome. Thank you for being on my Patreon. I appreciate you very much. So we're currently reading Fifty Shades of Grey. And when we left off last, um, they had just entered the elevator, I believe, after getting off the hel uh, the helicopter. That's what I believe. So I'm going to start right here. And we're in um, chapter six. So Christian taps another code into the keypad. Then the doors close and the elevator descends. Moments later, we're in an all-white foyer. In the middle is a round, dark wood table. And on it is an unbelievably huge bunch of white flowers. On the walls, there are paintings everywhere. He opens a set of double doors, and the white theme continues across a wide corridor where directly opposite is the entrance to a palatial room. It's the main living room, double, double height. Huge is too small a word for it. The far wall is glass and leads into a balcony that overlooks Seattle. To the right is an imposing U-shaped sofa that could seat 10 adults comfortably. It faces a state-of-the-art stainless steel, or maybe platinum, for all I know, modern fireplace. The fire is lit and flaming gently. On the left beside us by the entryway is the kitchen area, all white with dark wood worktops and a breakfast bar that seats six. Near the kitchen area, in front of the glass wall, is a dining table surrounded by 16 chairs. And tucked in the corner is a full-size, shiny black grand piano. Oh yes, he probably plays the piano too. There is art of all shapes and sizes on the walls. In fact, this apartment looks more like a gallery than a place to live. Can I take your jacket? Christian asks. I shake my head. I'm still too cold from the wind on the helipad. Would you like a drink? After last night? Is he trying to be funny? For one second, I think about asking for a margarita, but I don't have the nerve. I'm going to have a glass of white wine. Would you like to join me? Yes, please, I murmur. I'm standing in this enormous room, feeling out of place. I walk over to the glass wall, and I realize that the lower half opens um, concertina style onto the balcony. Seattle is lit up and lively in the background. I walk back to the kitchen area. It takes a few seconds. It's so far from the glass wall, and Christian is opening a bottle of wine. He's removed his jacket. I know nothing about wine, Christian. I'm sure that whatever you pick will be fine. My voice is soft and hesitant. My heart is thumping. I want to run. This is seriously rich. Seriously over-the-top Bill Gates-style wealthy. What am I doing here? You know very well what you're doing here. My subconscious sneers at me. Yes, I want to be in Christian Gray's bed. Here, he hands me a glass of wine. Even the glasses are rich, heavy, contemporary crystal. I take a sip, and the wine is light, crisp, and delicious. You're very quiet, and you're not even blushing. In fact, I think this is the, the palest I've ever seen you, Anastasia. Are you hungry? I shake my head, not for food. <laughs> it's a very big place you have here. Big? Big. It's big, he agrees, and his eyes glow with amusement. I take another sip of wine. Do you play? I point my chin at the piano. Yes. Well, yes, of course you do. 
Is there anything you can't do well? Yes, a few things. He takes a sip of his wine. He doesn't take his eyes off me. I feel them following me as I turn and glance around this vast room. Room is the wrong word. It's not a room. It's a mission statement. Do you want to sit? I nod, and he takes my hand and leads me to the large off-white couch. As I sit, I'm struck by the fact that I feel like Tess Stubberfield, looking at the new house that belongs to the notorious Alec de Uberville. The thought makes me smile. What's so amusing? He sits down beside me, turning to face me. He rests his head on his right hand, his elbow propped on the back of the couch. Why did you give me Tess of the de Uberville specifically? I ask. Christian stares at me for a moment. I think he's surprised by my question. Well, you said you liked Thomas Hardy. Is that the only reason? Even I can hear the disappointment in my voice. His mouth presses into a hard line. It seemed appropriate. I could hold you to some impossibly high ideal like Angel Claire or debase you completely like Alec de Uberville. His eyes flash dark and dangerous. If there are only two choices, I'll take the debasement. I whisper, gazing at him. My, con my subconscious is staring at him in awe. His breath hitches. Anastasia, stop biting your lip, please. It's very distracting. You don't know what you're saying. That's why I'm here. He frowns. Yes. Would you excuse me for a moment? He disappears through a wide doorway on the far side of the room. He's gone for a couple of minutes and returns with a document. This is a non-disclosure agreement. He shrugs and has the grace to look a little embarrassed. My lawyer insists on it. He hands it to me. I'm completely bemused. If you're going for option two, debasement, you'll need to sign this. And if I don't want to sign anything, then it's Angel, excuse me, then it's Angel Claire, high ideals. Well, for most of the book anyway. What does this agreement mean? It means you cannot disclose anything about us, anything to anyone. I stare at him in disbelief. Holy shit. It's bad, really bad, and now I'm very curious to know. Okay, I'll sign. He hands me a pen. Aren't you even going to read it? No. He frowns. Anastasia, you should always read anything you sign. Christian, what you fail to understand is that I wouldn't talk about us to anyone anyway, even Kate. So it's immaterial whether I sign an agreement. If it means so much to you or your lawyer, whom you obviously talk to, then fine, I'll sign. He gazes at me and nods gravely. Fair point, well made, Miss Still. I lavishly sign on the dotted line of both copies and hand one back to him. Folding the other, I place it in my purse and take a large swig of my wine. I'm sounding so much braver than I'm actually feeling. Does this mean you're going to make love to me tonight, Christian? Holy shit, did I just say that? His mouth drops open, but he recovers quickly. No, Anastasia, it doesn't. First, I don't make love. I fuck hard. Second, there's a lot more paperwork to do. And third, you don't yet know what you're in for. You could still run from here screaming. Come, I want to show you my playroom. My mouth drops open. Fuck hard? Holy shit, that sounds so hot. But why are we looking at a playroom? I am mystified. You want to play on your Xbox, I ask? He laughs loudly. No, Anastasia, no Xbox, no PlayStation. Come. He stands, holding out his hand. I let him lead me back out to the corridor. On the right of the double doors where we came in, another door leads to a staircase. We go up to the second floor and turning right. Producing a key, 
from his pocket, he unlocks yet another door and takes a deep breath. You can leave any time. The helicopter is on standby to take you wherever you want to go. And you can stay the night and go home in the morning. It's fine, whatever you decide. Just open the damn door, Christian. He opens the door and stands back to let me in. I gaze at him once more. I so want to know what's in there. Taking a deep breath, I walk in. And it feels like I've time-traveled back to the 16th century and the Spanish Inquisition. Holy fuck. All right, guys. Believe it or not, I'm stopping there. Because the next page is the beginning of chapter 7. And I want to start chapter 7 on a different podcast or a different episode. So I guess it's eight minutes today for you. And hopefully that was enough to get you excited for the beginning of chapter seven, where we go into Christian's playroom. And um, I'll do you a favor and I will record that tomorrow since I made today so short. So come back tomorrow for part, I think it will be part 11 and the beginning of chapter seven of Fifty Shades of Grey. I hope that you enjoyed this reading. I hope it relaxed you. I hope that you're ready for bedtime now. And maybe, just maybe, you'll stroke that cock and think of me. Bye.